Welcome to Built Brave. Driven women sharing their stories to show others what is possible for them. Because we were all born brave. I'm your host, Lo Wentworth, and this is Built Brave. Are you ready? Hello, everyone. I'm so excited you're here today for this week's episode. I interview Sasha. She is the founder and CEO of Vacay Beauty. And guys, I loved interviewing her so much. We went all over the place and got real and raw about everything. We also discussed perfectionism and we're both recovering perfectionists. Me as well, considering this is probably the fifth time I've recorded this. Mm Mm-hmm perfectionism but anyways what is vacay beauty you're asking vacay beauty is a spray tan salon here in the philadelphia area that empowers glow getters to love the skin they're in and embrace the vacay state of mind all year long i mean i love that i love love that I mean, we talk about how, why that came to be and how she is empowering women or men to feel great in their skin one spray tan at a time. So simple. And I just, I mean, I love that. I love anyone who has a voice and uses it to empower others to love themselves and love the skin they're in and meet themselves where they're at. So I'm so excited for you guys to listen to this episode and cannot wait to hear your guys' takeaways. Hi, everyone. I am so excited for our guest today, Sasha. She's the founder and owner of Vacay Beauty. And I'm just really excited to showcase her and her story because it's pretty interesting from what I've seen so far. So thank you for coming on, Sasha. Oh my gosh. I'm so, so excited to be here and can't wait to do all the girl talk about all of the things. Yeah. So why don't we just get started with the everyone's favorite question? Like, just tell us a little bit about yourself, like a little snapshot of your story. Yeah. Great question. So the uh, 20,000 view is, um, I guess I'll kind of start where I'm at and go backwards. Right now I own uh, the spray tan studio called Vacay Beauty, and that's in Maniunk, which is um, just outside of Philadelphia, center city, just a couple of miles. Um, But my career and my life goal was never to be in spray tanning. So I'm very new. Um, I started this business as a mobile spray tanner back in February as kind of a side gig. Um, And it really just kind of blew up where in six, seven months, I was opening my own storefront, which has been incredible. But my career's really in uh, marketing and corporate communication. So I got my master's almost a decade ago and have worked for 10, 11 years in marketing, corporate communications, employee engagement, um, and eventually just kind of got sick of the life, the nine to five, uh, which was never really nine to five, uh, as many of us know who played that corporate game and decided to do something on my own. And someone gave me the idea of spray tanning and now here I am. Oh, I was just about to ask you that. Like, how did spray tanning fall into your lap? So I, my husband and I moved to Philly last November. So it was like November, 2018. And I was out with some girlfriends, um, 
telling them, you know, my woes. Oh my God, I hate, I'm working for another jerk. And I don't know how long I'm going to last in this job. You know, I was a marketing leader at the time um, and a marketing director. And it just was, you know, the politics, the managing the team. It just, I couldn't handle it. And one of my girlfriends, after a couple of drinks, told me, hey, you know, there's this girl, uh, she does mobile spray tanning and she's killing it. Uh, you should really look into it. And I was like, are you crazy? Are you drunk? And she was drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Why would I do spray tanning? Like, you know, I like a spray tan. I know it makes me feel good, but I'm not a spray tan girl, right? Whatever that meant. And then I just started looking into it. Like I started looking into the profit margin. I started looking into the business opportunity and I started to think like, you know, wow, I could do something really special, something that other people aren't doing because I have that like background in branding and marketing and all of that. I really started to look at it as a business opportunity, not necessarily, um, you know, a passion I was trying to turn into a profit. And I think that really is what has kept me going. <laughs> yeah. It's that turning it into a business opportunity instead of like a passion project has kept it going for you or that it was just new and interesting. Yeah. No, like always seeing, um, always seeing the business opportunity. Mm. To be honest, I've had other passions. I've tried to turn into profits, uh, three or four now to be specific. <laughs> failed miserably, like miserably and thousands and thousands of dollars. And I think it finally just kind of hit me where, you know, and I, I tell my clients all the time, you know, I'm not crazy, crazy passionate about spray tanning itself. But what I am so passionate about is my clients feeling beautiful and being educated and being empowered. Um, and, you know, I've created a brand that really makes that the focus more so than the outcome, if that makes sense. Oh, that makes total sense. And I think it's really brilliant too, especially what I've noticed a lot of people like looking, starting their own businesses. A lot of them have some sort of like communications background, whether it be like public relations or marketing or something like that. And you've done it really well with, you know, putting the women first and like empowering them and like feeling really good in their skin that not everyone does. Cause a lot of people could see like the business and the profit margins and just be hustling for the money and it not be working because you forget the whole why, like why you're doing that. And that's really amazing what you've done. Yeah, no, that's a great way. I think, you know, I always go back to that Simon Sinek, if you've heard mm -hmm. of him and the golden circle and I, you know, that's so feels like a million years ago, but it, you know, it always is in the back of my head is start with why. And for me, my, my greatest why was one, this is a great business opportunity when you just look at the numbers, but two, um, you know, it's an opportunity to create something different that's got so much meaning and can really impact people when they're, you know, in their most vulnerable, like either <laughs> naked or in a swimsuit or something like that. Um, and that to me was so powerful. And that's why I was like, who cares about my decade long career? I'm now going to spray tan. So. Mm -hmm. I just see what happens. Otherwise, like if you wasn't meant to be like the universe wouldn't have provided that for you. Totally. I mean, I would have literally never in a million years ever looked into it if it wasn't just my girlfriend kind of putting it in my ear. 
Yeah, or like jokingly that way. I think I wonder how many businesses or like different adventures people go on. It had like a drunk joke, like ha ha ha, just funny. And then all of a sudden you look into it, you're like, oh yeah, yeah, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, those origin stories. I think you know when we look at a lot of a lot of businesses are probably pretty hilarious. Mm -hmm. So tell me more of the the concept and behind and mission behind vacation vacay beauty. Like, why did you decide that? Like, what was the whole feel and what were you going for? Yeah, well, I'll start with the name, which, um, like I said, you know, when I started to look into this, I saw a lot of spray tans by Sally, spray tans mm -hmm. by Ashley, spray tans by, you know, Susie. And I was like, I am not going to be a spray tans by Sasha. Like, that's, not <laughs> <laughs> that's so terrible. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, when I started thinking about this, so the, the one girl kind of put the, the bug in my ear, but I was with a, a third girl. Um, and what I, what I kind of realized about her, and this is where the whole name comes from. And again, it, it really just speaks to the mission because, you know, vacay beauty, it doesn't say, you know, bronzed or anything like that. So it's like, how does it make sense? But for me, this girl, she's this, you know, great, great friend of mine, this stunning, gorgeous, you know, tall, blonde. Um, and she, like many of us, has insecurities, right? Um, but there was a time, it was about a year prior to our conversation where I just happened to notice on Instagram that she was going on a lot more vacations and she was bronzed and she was so happy and she was posting, you know, just all of these pictures of herself and it was so unlike her, which is what kind of made me take notice. And she was using the hashtag always on vacay. Um, and so it just kind of thought to me, you know, this girl, my friend, this woman I care about how she could be insecure again, like many of us, she could be more shy, but something about being on vacation, specifically in the, the winter prior just gave her so much life, you know, the bronze, the, uh, which she was getting from the natural sun, of course, but that feeling of being always on vacay really made a, such a positive impact in her life when I knew she was kind of going through something. Um, and that's when it started to kind of turn in my head, like, don't we all deserve that? Like, don't we mm -hmm. all deserve that ability to, whether it's for five minutes or, you know, five hours, five days, five months, whatever, to feel like, you know, we are living life on vacay, whatever that means. Um, and so that's where the name vacay beauty came from. You know, it's this idea of, you know, whether you're going somewhere magical or you have a special event or you're just at home and you're mm -hmm. sweating like I am most of the time or with your kids, you know, to have that little boost of confidence is something that we deserve. And, you know, beauty doesn't have to be a shameful thing or a selfish thing. You know, we talk about self-love and all this kind of stuff, self-care, but there still is a little bit of like um, trepidation around beauty, like, oh, you're wasting money on nails or hair or something like that. And I just think like, screw that. Like if it makes us feel good as women or, you know, whatever gender we are, we should be allowed you know, to take control of that. And so again, for me, it kind of, it was sparked by seeing my friend, how great she felt and, and being inspired of this notion of, you know, taking ownership of what living life always on vacay means for us. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Like I would have not survived law school if I didn't get my toes and nails done at least. <laughs> Sometimes it was every two weeks because it was just like, that was just my time. Like right. that hour or two hours or I'm like, I'm, I'm done, like no space. So like, 
you know, when people are just like hair, beauty and all of that. I'm like, but if it gives you that confidence, does it actually really matter? Mm-hmm. Like if you don't go to the store, if you don't, or to get your nails done or get a, um, spray tan like does it really matter to feel like crap for an extra like I don't know week or however long until you finally go and do that right um so yeah yeah. it's an escape you know and that's Mm -hmm. that's what's so powerful about it that even if you know you're doing nothing or even if it's just one event but then you know you can look at your skin or your nails or your hair and you know i think it's about accepting the fact that those things do make us feel good and not engaging in the conversation that like, that's so superficial, you know, I mean, I think there's a fine line and people can argue whatever they want to argue, but in this day and age, you know, I know my target audience and it's that woman that that extra little something makes them feel special, makes them feel beautiful. And I'm all about helping women or men or, you know, non-binary or whatever (laughs) embrace that because, Mm -hmm. you know, YOLO, (laughs) like, yeah got so much time on this planet why spend it not being happy with how we look or you know happy in our skin right and the phrase that keeps coming up in mind my mind about that is like they're not living your life like you're the only one that's living your life so you should go and do it whatever that looks like Um, right so yeah um so let's back up to your like story a little Mm -hmm. bit like where'd you grow up like all of that I know you've traveled a lot from what I've seen yeah so so I've definitely kind of been all over the place and I think it's helped me a lot in business because I've I've had so much inconsistency in my life but um I was, I was born in Ukraine. Um, it was technically the Soviet Union at the time. Um, but then, you know, it had fallen apart in the early nineties and that's when we decided to immigrate to America. Uh, first we made a stop in Italy for a few months. Um, and I remember very, very barely remember that I had like the coolest pair of Batman jeans. And there are some pictures of me just rocking these Batman jeans, um, like in the early nineties. Uh, and then we, we moved to, um, it was, my mom was a single mom and then she had my brother. Um, we moved to Pennsylvania and lived there for about a year. Uh, and then we moved to California, lived in Monterey, you know, lived super close to the beach. Now we were, you know, the typical immigrant, super, super poor family. Like my mom worked, you know, three, four jobs. And I was, you know, a six-year-old taking care of a three-year-old eating cereal with water most days. Like we had nothing. Um, Then my mom ended up somehow meeting uh, at one of her jobs, this guy who was in the Turkish Navy. And he was like, well, um, I'm going back to Turkey. Do you and the kids want to come? And she was like, yeah, sure. So then we moved to Istanbul for a year and I went to Turkish school and I spoke Turkish, which was crazy. Um, And then for some reason we came back to the States, you know, I guess that relationship didn't work out or whatever was going on there. Uh, And we literally just had nothing. Like, I mean, we had sold everything that we even had before we went to Turkey. So when we came back to the States, you know, we stayed with my mom's friend in California for a little while. But then like, I remember we literally were living out of hotels and out of my mom's car, which she still did have. Um, So we were pretty much homeless, just my mom and two young kids um, finally made our way back to Pennsylvania. Um, And, you know, after all these years of just traveling and kind of living all over the world and living this like immigrant gypsy lifestyle, 
my mom that my stepdad, who is uh, Irish Catholic, all-American football coach, <laughs> Pennsylvania, you know, mm-hmm. like this Turkish naval officer and all this kind of crazy stuff. Um, and he's wonderful. And so they, they married when I was a teenager. Um, and I went to college in Pennsylvania. Then I moved for grad school to Colorado. And I was there for almost a decade before coming back to Philadelphia or, you know, back to the East coast where I am now. So, you know, definitely a lots of ups and downs, lots of hard times, lots of things that I'm still going to therapy for, (laughs) but, you know, I think those things, um, you know, they've always kind of helped me to, I guess, just be adaptable and always know, like, even if this business fails, like all my other ideas, like I will figure it out. Right. And I think that's, that's the best that anyone can really do. Right. Do you think that's the biggest lesson you learned growing up that lifestyle is being adaptable or is there something even bigger? Um, I think the, I think one of my biggest, I I don't know if it's a regret, but I think it's, you know, when I reflect, especially on my twenties, I think the way that I, you know, we lived, my mom had me when she was young. Well, she was 21, not super young, right. But young for Mm -hmm. us days. Right. Right. Um, There was a lot of fear a lot of not kind of knowing when the next meal is going to come, where are we going to live next? You know, I, I never went to a school more than two years. So I have very few friends from childhood. I have no, like nothing, like no toys, no memories, or I shouldn't say no memories, but no like physical objects from when mm-hmm. I was a child. Right. So I wouldn't say that as I was a child, I was like, Oh, look at me. Look how adaptable I am. Right. right. I was just like scared shitless, excuse my French, most of the time. Um, and I think I carried that through in my twenties and I'm, I'm almost 32 now. And I'm not going to lie. Like sometimes I still do have that, you know, that anxiety really is, I think what, what kind of carried through with me, but I've learned, you know, especially in the last three, five years that I am incredibly resilient and I can overcome things. And I've kind of shifted the perspective instead of saying like, look how afraid I used to be to, you know, look how much we all did overcome together. And so if we can do that as children, certainly I can do that as an adult. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes total sense. Makes total sense. I mean, I can't imagine living in that such chaos and all of that, like afraid of like where your next meal is going to be or like moving so that, I mean, more power to you on that. And like going through that, like I, but I can like relate to your story about like raising your younger siblings. Cause I did that in my own, in my own story. Mm-hmm. Um, just like that. Cause my dad developed fibromyalgia when I was eight, oh, like wow. two months after my little sister was born. So like as an eight year old, like I was so, so excited about like having my little sister, but then it kind of just gradually went into that, like, okay time to be like the leader role as my parents are figuring out whatever is going on at the time, which creates chaos in itself too. So I can definitely relate to your story about that and bringing that anxiety through. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah, no, I'm sorry to hear that. I mean, that's, you know, it's tough to grow up fast, you know, not everyone 
it's kind of like a blessing and a curse, right? It's like at the time it's so hard and you're just like, you're literally not prepared for it. I mean, our brains are not developed. We're physically not prepared. Um, and then it kind of does all sorts of stuff to you later when you're an adult. But, you know, I think the more that you can self-reflect, certainly that's helped me, you know, therapy, journaling, all the things you're supposed to try to do. I'm all about the self-help and the personal development stuff. And I think that, um, you know, when you make that a priority, then you can kind of crawl out of that darkness for yourself. Mm -hmm. So during your whole like personal development story and all of that, like what have you learned about yourself and like, how have you fallen in love with yourself? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think the, the, one of the things that was a completely pivotal moment for me, and this was two years ago, I think this is literally what changed everything for me. Um, when I was, um, director of marketing and again, just, so incredibly unhappy with the corporate life and with what the heck I was doing and didn't understand why I was so unhappy. I mean, I was making stupid money, spending like $500 at Sephora every month, like every girl's dream, right? Mm -hmm. Like just ridiculous. But for some reason I was still always so like disgruntled. So, um, I thought, you know, I want to figure this out on a deeper level for myself and maybe someday for other people. And so I signed up for um, this program through the Institute for Professional Excellence and Coaching. It's called IPEC um, to become a certified professional coach. So I did that <laughs> 15 grand later, I'm a certified professional coach. Um, and it was in the first, it was like a year long program. And in the first intensive weekend. Um, it, it was in Boston and there were like multiple intensive weekends and all sorts of, you know, um, activities and things like that happening over the course of the year. But we started to learn about different levels of energy and how, you know, we all have and kind of flow through different levels of energy, you know, starting with like a level one, like a very kind of victim-like energy or a conflict energy all the way through a very kind of creative and open energy. And I realized, you know, as I was sitting there learning about all these things that I had been cycling in this negative, what, what we call in my program, level one and level two energy, this intense victim energy where, mm -hmm. you know, I wasn't necessarily feeling like, oh, woe is me, but more I was beating myself up for everything constantly, you know, just holding myself to completely unachievable high standards. Um, and then I was in this level two energy where when things weren't going my way, I just had so much conflict and so much anger. And I mean, I just broke down in the class. And then that evening, you know, back in my hotel, just cried for hours because it was such a revelation to me that I wasn't living how I wanted to live. Um, and I think, you know, I had always been reading the personal development books, everything, you know, from emotional intelligence to Myers-Briggs, like always trying to understand myself, what's wrong with me, what's wrong with me. And when I finally realized like nothing is wrong with me, I've just let myself kind of get stuck in this cycle. Then I finally realized, you know, I have a choice and I can break out of this cycle and that's what I've been trying to do, like ever since I, you know, learned about it and completed my program last year. So, yeah, I don't know if that answers your question. It's kind of a lot. <laughs> no, 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 it's perfect. So do you ever see yourself becoming a life coach or was it just just like a box on your journey? 
Yeah. So that's one of my, I don't want to say it failed business, but I actually last summer I was, I was launching and working toward becoming a coach for women dealing with perfectionism because <laughs> that's me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, really felt like, you know, this whole idea of recovering perfectionism, like that's something I could get behind. But, you know, I was, I was still so fresh. I was still in my program. It was a year long mm-hmm. program. So I didn't graduate until last December. And I really, you know, kind of jumped on this train of like, well, this is the thing I struggle with. So this is the thing I can kick, you know, kick ass at and I can help other people. And I realized, no, I'm still struggling with this and I can't help other people with this because it's almost too close to home. Mm -hmm. Um, Then I had some, some family trauma and we moved to Philadelphia. I went back to the corporate world. Um, which I was mentioning earlier, you know, that's when my friend kind of mentioned about the spray tanning idea. Um, and so now, you know, I do have a second business. Um, it's called Fierce Boss Co. Um, and I know I, I'm not very active on Instagram with it at all, uh, but I do brand coaching. So mm-hmm. I have clients that I work with and I'm helping them or I have helped many of them. I've done design and logo design, website design, that kind of thing. But more than anything, help them really get clear with what the heck does their brand stand for. Um, And this idea of being fierce, my nickname for a long time um, at one of my jobs like 10 years ago was Sasha Fierce. So, (laughs) you know, it was my nickname. And it's this idea of, you know, how do we really bring our truest fiercest selves into our businesses instead of just being carbon copies or doing what other people think we should do. Um, so anyway, if you want to know more about that, I'm happy to talk about it. I know it's a little different than the spray tan stuff, but, um, so I do to answer your question, you know, I do use everything that I've learned. I've used, you know, the coaching methodology, um, in this different brand coaching business, it is evolving right now. So it's kind of been like under the wraps as I've just had consistently, you know, one or two clients a month. Um, and that's an area I'm trying to figure out as we speak. So. Oh, that's totally fine. It's all part of your story. It's all part of who you are. You're not just the vacay, um, beauty spray tan business. Like you're all of that. So that's really awesome. Yeah. Thank you. So what have you learned most then from like working with people, either like doing the branding or like with the spray tan? Cause they're all coming to you from what I'm gathering is to find their authentic selves and like empower them. So like what's one overarching theme you see coming through or there could be multiple ones. No, it's a great one. I think, you know, with, with brand coaching, um, you know, the thing I always say is, you know, our brand is our opportunity to share who we are with So, so often, you know, people don't want to dig deep and they don't want to share deep. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a, there's a, so many misconceptions around, you know, well, I have to share my sob story in order to get likes or in order to get followers or in order for people to buy from me. And, you know, it, it couldn't be more untrue. You know, my, my message that I, I work with my clients around is, you know, it is about finding who you are, but it's also about finding the value that you can bring to someone else. Um, and I think that's where a lot of entrepreneurs get confused. It's either like, well, this is me. This is my whole brand. It's all about me. Or it's very like, this is just what I provide you and you don't really get a lot of me. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so it's, it's crossing that, it's finding that thin line kind of in between um, that I, you know, I don't think comes naturally to us, but I think it is the secret sauce for actually having a sustainable thriving business where, you know, it's a business that you work on, but you're also part of. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that that makes a big difference. And with spray tanning, I think one of the things I've learned the most is, you know, we all, we all have vulnerabilities, you know, and yeah, I'll, I'll tell you this quick story. I did a body positivity photo shoot a couple months ago with some local bloggers and friends and, you know, everyone was spray tanned beforehand. Obviously I had seen them all cause I had spray tanned them. So I saw their lumps and bumps and all the things. And then these incredible, beautiful, strong women are all in this room together with me. I'm doing the photo shoot. So I'm shooting them and, you know, they're in their bra and underwear and things like that. And just, you know, exuding this confidence. I know they also feel a little bit vulnerable. And then I was actually going to be part of the shoot because we needed a fifth person. And so then we had another photographer take open, take over. And I felt so incredibly vulnerable because, you know, it's crazy. And these women come to me and I empower them and tell them, oh, you look so beautiful. You can't talk crap about yourself, you know, trying to talk them up and make them feel good. Um, But then here I was all of a sudden, in my bra and underwear with my, you know, clients and my friends. And it was just such a crazy experience. And I, I had to re- like tell myself, you know, think about what you do for these women, do that for yourself. Um, and I think that's, you know, the thing that I've learned is we're so similar in the things that we worry about. And that kind of gave me some comfort at that moment. Um, and it keeps me kind of going when someone, you know, is nervous for their first spray tan or is nervous for me to see a certain part of their body. Um, I know what that feels like for sure. And Mm -hmm. so I do everything I can to make them feel at ease. Yeah. Um, the phrase that comes to mind is like, Oh, I'm going to botch it now, but it's something about like the thought process is also like universal. So like if you're going through something, then someone else is like going through it too. And like going back to like talking about vulnerability, sometimes it's just having that courage and bravery to like speak up and just say to like one friend um, that, you know, you're feeling this way. And I'm going to like bet 99.9% of the time the friend's going to be like, oh yeah, I felt that way. Or I've been feel- felt that way, feeling that now or something like that. Yeah. But yeah. I think it's, um, in both instances with, you know, people getting, figuring out what their brand is and that raw and messy process or, you know, getting into their little bra and underwear or whatever, I think that it's so empowering to validate other people, especially Mm -hmm. women, you know, who spend so much time talking crap to themselves about themselves, Mm -hmm. you know, to be able to be in that role where I get to validate people all day long. Um, it gives me so much life and energy, you know, to really see that person feel valued and understood. Yeah. Um, That's that's really amazing. I mean, we need more of that, especially with women, like going into like law school. I remember like the first semester, right after finals like there was a bunch of us women in the bathroom and then one of the women had the courage to be like don't you just like cry every day and then it was like a domino effect of like breath like you take your first breath and be like oh my god I'm not alone either and so like me too and all of that yeah yeah 
wonderful. No, I can't even imagine law school, girl. Oh my God. Yeah, I'm not going into it. It's, it's like, I go to people and like, you know, when your classmates like sign up for the army or like whatever military and then they go off to basic for three months. Yeah. Imagine that for three years. You don't know what happens, but you know, it's hell. I'm like, it's that. Oh but I want to swing back to like you in those photos, like with your clients in your bra and underwear, like doing the shoot, like how empowering was that for you though? Like just doing that alone. Yeah, no, I mean, it definitely, it definitely was. And, you know, more than anything, it gave me such a, like, even greater respect of those women. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I mean, I do remember, I was like, oh, don't look at my cellulite on my legs, you know, and it, it kind of made me think like, wait, what the hell are you saying? Because you tell other women that they can't say this crap when they're around you. And so, you know, it definitely, I think, Wait, the question you you asked earlier about like how does it make you fall in love with yourself you know it really does you know like saying those things out loud to other women it helps me to kind of look down at that soft spot or that dimple or like that weird mole and I'm just like you know what it's okay you know even if it's on me um 10 years ago I definitely wouldn't have felt that way I was dealing with all sorts of crazy things 10 years ago with my body um but now you know I'm very comfortable with how I look now would I go like walk around the streets in my bra and underwear probably not <laughs> no I would not do that in Philly at all no nope. <laughs> just as a general rule you know I don't have any shame in those photos and you know none of the photos are retouched besides a little bit of lighting and contrast and I think that that's really important too to my brand but I think just in general for women to see more real bodies you know mm-hmm Definitely. I mean, we need to see more real bodies because, like, we look you like growing up with like magazines and seeing all these like stick thin women and all of that, and trying to have be that the ideal like beauty and size when like not everyone is made up that way. Like, I know certainly I'm not. Like, I think in my own body journey, I realize in college, I'm like, I'm never going to be the stick thin model. I more have like the Kardashian body. I've got like the curves. So maybe I should work towards like, you know, toning up and accentuating those curves and not trying to like punish my body because it's not the society's way of looking. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, now we're at a great place where, you know, there is a lot more acceptance of different body types and things like that. And I think, you know, again, back to like the beauty industry, it's tricky to say, you know, I want you to love and embrace the skin you're in, but also make that skin tan, right? So Mm -hmm. like, I have to be really careful with that message. And, you know, with my brand, I've, I've never posted a photo of a body that wasn't my own clients or my own, like on my Instagram, on my website, there are zero stock photos of bodies. You know, I have little fun images of other mm-hmm. things there, um, but no bodies that from the very beginning, I thought, you know, this is how I'm going to differentiate. It's going to be real people that I actually spray tan, no like random snapshot snapshots of like perfectly, you know, airbrushed booties here. Um, and I think, you know, the other thing too is I've never pale shamed. Like there's a lot of, that's what I kind of call it, which sounds funny, but, um, sometimes, you know, women will come into the studio and they'll say, Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm like so pale right now. Mm -hmm. Why are you apologizing for your natural skin tone? Like if you like 
your skin tone, that's great. And you know what, maybe you like it, but you want to just give it a little bit of warmth because for some reason it makes you feel good. I still don't know why the hell spray tanning makes us feel good. It must be something like in our brains that like, mm-hmm. you know, says, oh, okay, we're getting sun. We must be healthy. Who knows? Right. Um, but I think it's so important. Like I shut that down right away and say like, I don't care if you walk out of here right now and you want to stay fair skinned or how dark skin, you know, deep skinned you are like you're, you're fine the way you are. You know, it's, I say, I think it's the same thing as, you know, how could you feel bad about yourself for not getting your nails done or something like not getting highlights, you know, it's like, it's your choice. Um, and it should be, you should be empowered by that choice, not shamed for it. If you don't want to make the choice, you know, like I would never put something on my Instagram or on my website that was like, help me I'm pale. Like that kind of shit pisses me off so much because, you know, it just, I think that perpetuates the wrong message. And that's exactly the stuff I'm trying to break down so that people can move toward this idea of loving their bodies because we don't need more negative messages about how we need to change, right? We should be empowered to change if we want to. Exactly. A hundred percent. You're like preaching to the choir there. I'm like sweating. I'm getting so (laughs) (laughs) No, I love it. I really do love when people get passionate about it, especially like with women in their bodies and like your message and just empowering them. Like it really needs to be heard. And that really does differentiate yourself because it also makes you real. It makes you being like, yes, I'm here. I'm also human. And this is like, the messiness of human, but yet we can still have fun along the way. And I mean, with spray tans, I have yet to experience one of those myself yet. I mean, I've learned to embrace my paleness, but I'll come close. Um, but I think in those moments, like, I'm just I said, uh, um, creating similarities between like getting your nails done and your hair done is like you're present in those moments mm-hmm. and you're with someone who's there who isn't actually judging you they're there to like support you and empower you. And I think that, you know, could be the added, like why people enjoy getting spray tans because you're giving them that experience where before they didn't have that experience. Right. Yeah. There's definitely that element of someone is taking care of you, right. Which feels really good. And I think for a lot of women, like, let's just call it what it is. A lot of us don't feel taken care of. We're usually the ones taking care of everyone else and everything else. And that's why, you know, it is this whole like, oh yeah, girl, go treat yourself, go get your nails did, get your hair done, you know, get your spray tan because for 15 minutes or an hour or two hours, someone else is taking care of you. And I think that that is part of that, you know, always on vacay mentality of just kind of, letting go and letting yourself be taken care of. Mm-hmm. It's so hard for women to receive that sometimes. Yeah. I'm definitely one of them guilty as charged. <laughs> I'm, I'm one of them too. Cause I'm like, wait, I still have to do this. Like I have like in my brain, I'm like, I haven't earned, earned it yet, but I'm like, okay, let's, let's slow down. There's still giving in the receiving. Right. Cause it's also giving that person an opportunity to like give back to you and right. give in some sort of way to them. So that's how they're, you're giving back to them, allowing that gift of receipt. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, again, you know, I, I'm really moving into this idea that vacay beauty, it's, it's a safe space for everybody with everybody. Like, like I said, man, woman, non-binary, but, you know, obviously identifying as a woman, being a woman, 
the idea of girl power, feel empowerment, female empowerment, you know, babe supporting babes. It's very close to my heart. Like, girl, you know, we've struggled. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, to have, you know, especially a woman in there and to be able to provide her with a great experience, you know, give her a glass of rosé, make her feel good, empower her with education, tell her how the whole process works, you know, let her know how beautiful she is. Like that is, you know, it's really fun for me. And I think it's great for the client too. And if you ever want to come in, girl, you know, I got you by the oh, way. Oh yeah. No, I, you're, you're like my first, you're my first one. I'll be like, okay, Sasha, okay, it's time. I'm going to come in and do this. going to do this. See what happens. Should do like a whole like Insta story and like blog post on it. Like that would be yep. great. I'm down. Okay. All right. Get those in the book soon. Um, before I ask the final questions, what is uh, one piece of advice you would give your younger self? Mm, a good one. Hmm. I think you know, I kind of mentioned the whole struggling with perfectionism thing. And, you know, it's still definitely, I say to myself, well, I know I have really hard, high standards, but I think if I could, if I could give myself one piece of advice, go back in time and really make sure my younger self got this, it would be to stop trying to be accepted by everyone else and start accepting yourself. You know, I think for a long time, everything I did from my job to the way I looked to the relationships I had or didn't have, I was always trying to get someone else's approval, whether it was a boss or my mom or a boyfriend or a friend. Um, I was so untrue to myself that, you know, it's, it's crazy to me that I'm 30 something years old and I'm just starting to figure out who the hell I am. You know, I know some people don't have that opportunity ever, you know, they're 70, 80 years old or on their deathbed. But I think for me that that's what I would do. I would say, you know, start worrying about yourself, start trying to accept yourself, stop looking to other people to approve you. Mm. What's a piece of advice you need for yourself now? (sighs) Girl, I don't know. <laughs> Feel that probably. Um, I think a good piece of advice for myself now. I think staying positive, which I know sounds like so cliche, but you know we know the power of our words. Well, you and I know the power of our words. I I, I know from your work, mm-hmm. um, and you know um, I really do believe the things that we speak out loud do become our reality. Um, and I think I sometimes go back to that scared little girl who doesn't know, you know, where she's going to eat or where she's going to live. And I speak a lot of my fears out loud to myself, to my husband, to my mom, whatever. Um, and I think sometimes it's about quieting those fears and I need to speak more positivity into my life, you know, to attract the things that I do want. And I do, I do that. I, I feel like I can do that a little bit more consistently. So I'd say that's, that's the advice I'd give myself is like, shut the F up and <laughs> start being more positive right now. Um, because it, it makes such a huge difference, you know, um, oh, I think totally. I do it consistently. 
It's just, it's like one of those like little muscles. Cause when I started on my own like journey, hitting like my literal quarter life crisis, but it was really just like the little like mantra or whatever trigger to start to finally get me to like start believing in myself again or whatever positivity come my way. Or if I was, you know, working on like manifestation and, you know, like law of contraction and all of that. And that's like being in high vibration. Well, what, what types of games can I make? Cause I've, my mind loves games. So I make things up like a game, but yeah, it's just the little steps. Be yeah. more positive. Like you're doing amazing stuff. Thank you. I, I do appreciate that. And I, yeah, I think it's just saying it out loud, right? It's, it's always that, you know, working on accepting yourself, mm-hmm. I guess just another, another way of, of what I said earlier. Yeah. I mean, overcoming perfectionism is hard. So yeah. <laughs> yes. I understand that. <laughs> I always tell, you know, I, I, I tell the joke that, you know, even when I'm spray tanning someone, I am a perfectionist. So my clients, you know, they see me and I, you know, every little thing I'm making sure is perfect. And if there's a little dot here, I'm blending it or wiping this nail off or whatever. And multiple girl women have said to me, you know, you're such a perfectionist. That's so great for this job. And I say to them, yeah, it's great now. It wasn't great when I've paid for years of therapy of it. (laughs) You know, now, you know, it definitely is, you know, I I think they appreciate that about me in in a funny way. And, you know, I just kind of laugh about it. Yeah. All right. So some final questions here. Um, what's a book resource podcast, whatever you would recommend anyone. So the book, um, honestly for men, women, whatever, but one of the books that has helped me to accept my own energy levels specifically is called do less by Kate Northrup. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a coach. She lives up in Maine actually. And the book, it really, it completely just changed the way that I viewed my energy levels. And I don't mean like woo woo energy. I mean like energy to get shit done energy. Mm-hmm. She talks about how women's hormones, you know, men's hormones, they kind of replenish every 24 hours. Women's hormones are literally on a 28 day, 30 day cycle. And this idea of how different weeks in our cycles, even if we are on contraceptives, they still, for the most part, line up to, you know, this week, like when you're ovulating, you've got this crazy amount of energy. And these are the kinds of projects that make sense when you're ovulating. And when you're close to menstruation, these are the kinds of ways you're feeling. And this is what you should be doing. Because I think, again, women, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to be go, 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 go all the time. And as soon as I started reading this book, and again, it's based in tons of research, I was like, wow, I finally got an appreciation for, you know, hey, when my body is going through this, it's okay for me not to be going, you know, grinding and hustling and all that kind of crazy stuff. Um, and it's helped me so much in the last couple of months to just kind of slow down when I need to, instead of be like, what the hell's wrong with me? Why can't I get the energy to do this? So if that makes sense, 100% recommend it. Such an easy, quick read. Yeah, no, it totally makes sense. I think that's also another thing where you learn to love your body, especially as women, is really honoring that cycle and honoring that, like, you're going to be high energy, but when it gets close to your cycle or even on it, you're kind of like, I'm just going to lay low. Just let the body rest. Right. Yeah. It, it, It helps for some weird reason, you know, it helps you to give yourself permission and help me to do that. 
Um, and that's great. I, you know, take the pressure off. Yep. Something gave me permission. Yes. I don't know. That's, it's a weird thing. I do it to myself too. Sometimes too. I'm like, why? But, um, where can people find you? Uh, so I do a lot on the vacay beauty Instagram, which is just at vacay dot beauty. Um, I love to do all sorts of stories, usually not about spray tanning at all, just about, I feel like I'm pretty weird. So my weird life or, you know, dance parties or whatever the heck I'm into that day, um, like to entertain people, um, with fierce Bosco, I do have an Instagram, but, um, I'm focusing more on YouTube videos and it's really been a referral based business right now. So stay tuned, nothing there. Um, if anything does changes, I'll certainly change. I'll certainly announce it on vacay beauty. Um, and then if you want to learn more about the company or how spray tanning works or, any kind of, you know, I write a ton of blogs on the whole science behind it because I'm a huge nerd. And again, I think education and empowerment are key. So it's vacaybeauty.com. And yeah, you can find me physically at 4450 Main Street in Philadelphia. That's where my studio is. And I'm there five days a week slaying and spraying. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a really cute store. So you guys should go check it out. All right, just two final questions. What has been your bravest moment so far in your life? Oh boy. Um, I think, geez, I don't know. I feel like I feel like I have a new brave moment all the time. Um, not in like a weird way, but you know, just. I force myself to kind of have breakthroughs, but honestly, I think that story I told you earlier where I signed up for that coaching program, mm -hmm. that was a lot of money. That was like mm -hmm. half my savings, dude, like half my savings at the time, uh, if not more. And I just was like, I'm paying for it in full and I'm doing this mm -hmm. and your long commitment, you know, um, lots of travel, lots of intense workshops. And, um, I think, that, that was a huge brave moment. I think if I didn't do that, I would not be where I'm at today. Uh, I really believe in investing in yourself. And sometimes, you know, it costs a lot of money, but you get your life back. And I think that's what happened for me, luckily. Beautiful. And the final question is, what's your definition of brave? Oh, great question. Um, I think someone... I think brave means, to me, it means always be willing to show up for yourself and, how do I say it? I can like see it in my mind. <laughs> um, I think it's, it's resilience more than anything, mm -hmm. um, you know, going into something, maybe lacking complete control, but believing that not only are you showing up for yourself and you're being brave, but that you are resilient enough to make it through. Mm. Beautiful. <laughs> Thanks. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much again, Sasha. Like, I really appreciate you taking the time to do this interview and really just share your story and what you're doing to empower women, even though it was a uh, drunken idea that came to mind for Vacay Beauty. I think that's yeah. awesome. Probably the, one of the best stories ever.
Yeah. Well, I'm so glad. And it was so wonderful to chat with you. And uh, yeah, I can't wait to like, we need to meet in person. We need to, whether or not I spray tan you, we need to at least. Yes. We'll get that done. We'll make it happen. I promise. Hey everyone. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of built brave. If you love this episode, heck, if you like this episode, please head on over, give it a rate, review, subscribe, like, shout it out on your social media with your major takeaways and what you loved about the episode. And as always, tag me in that at Low Wentworth because I love hearing what you guys got out of the episodes. And until next time, remember, you've always been brave.